Hello and welcome to the Take Your Data Points and the Goals Will Come podcast. My name is Gahal. This person's name is Brian. Brian. Uh, our website is takeyourdatapoints.com, email is mail at takeyourdatapoints.com, and Twitter at tydatapoints. All that out of the way, I suppose let's get into it. We've had a two-week layoff, and there is a pretty large amount to talk about. So the first match, Leash versus Limerick, and that was one goal, 19 points to Leash, versus six goals and 33 points. So that is a 29-point differential between the two teams. And for, for those who don't know, Brian, you love your goals. So this was this was a big match for you. Most people most people would have been tuned over to the typical Kenny match that was also on the same time, but with six goals from one team, you know, you have to be happy with that yourself. You know, I just love all sorts of goals. Soft goals, hard goals, good goals, bad goals, all sorts of goals. It's just really, really, really like to watch goals. It's it's one of those things. I'm always scared of either uh I'm always scared of either I'll get up and celebrate before a goal is even scored and then look like a f- idiot. Or I lash out with my fist in front and then hit someone as they rise, which I'd really, really... It hasn't happened yet, but I really don't want it to happen. Yeah, I, I think it'll happen eventually. You just have to make sure maybe it's against the the right fan. You know, someone yeah. obnoxious. And uh, ideally from the other team, but you know what? If they're obnoxious, maybe wouldn't hurt if they're, if they're a player fan. No judge would convict me. It's fine. Yeah, so I think this match anyway... This is good for Limerick. This is more what we expect to see from them. They've had, you know, they've they've beaten the teams that you expect them to beat, but they haven't really done it as decisively as uh, they would have liked. So I think now, really putting away a leash in this kind of manner, it's what they need to be doing. You know, they they haven't beaten Wexford, and I don't think too many people would be give, putting them as favourites against Galway, but... You know, without those matches, you at least want to see that they're really a cut above the lower tier teams, and they've kind of shown this in this match. By lower tier, we mean Leash and Offaly, and uh, I suppose they showed better discipline they showed against Offaly because that nearly cost them. Like, that match is far closer than it ever needed to be. Yeah, like, I mean, really, just, I think as we've been saying all along, they're just kind of failure to start, really, for Limerick, kind of this, you know... And we would should have really seen them just that bit more competitive. Um, Leash just continued their inevitable death spiral. So, yeah. you know, they seem to be just rapidly losing control of any of their matches or and, and any hope of probably staying in 1B at this stage. I mean, they're pretty much out of it, I'd imagine. Well, I think if Offaly lose, then Leash um, win. And if goal difference, point difference goes the right way, Leash can still sneak into the quarterfinals, maybe. Mm. Uh, depending on how things go. And I think if they win the second match, then they should get through. But I wouldn't see them beating Wexford. But yeah, it's either way, it's pretty underwhelming. And actually, that's something I like to bring up. You know, you have Leash and Kerry with a win each, Offley still with no win. It's really likely at this stage that you'll have the last quarterfinal spot going to a team that has won one out of five matches. And when you consider how hard teams are battling in 1A and how close it is in 1A, it's a bit ridiculous. Um, do you think that maybe the league could do with restructuring? Or, I don't know, do you think maybe it's good just to give one kind of maybe sympathy spot to a worse team, just give them maybe one extra match against better opposition and 
you know, maybe make them feel a bit more welcome at the top tier? Or do you think it is just a bit of a joke having the, I suppose, the combined Division 1 B12 teams? I mean, it would seem that it's not exactly seen, doesn't seem to be doing any favours for them at this stage. I mean, when you lose by such wide margins in a group, when there's such a huge differential of talent between the top three, let's say, and the bottom three, I mean, you really kind of fail to see, you know, what they actually are getting out of it at this stage. Yeah. Like, I, I can't really see, like, that changing in the next, let's say, if we were to take this five years on, I don't think Leash are going to be anything any more competitive than they currently are. And I don't think, you know, Offley or Kerry, you know, are going to be, you know, really holding their own in that group. Yeah. I have to say, I don't necessarily mind having a few weaker teams in the mix and because I, I you know i think if you segregate them totally then you'll never see any improvement and we have had over the years a few surprises from kind of worse teams and even leash maybe a few years ago when they're on their way up you know they're definitely declining mm-hmm. out but when they're away up they they were able to surprise a few teams but um on the other hand having uh, a team like leash carrier offley get into the quarterfinals when you you're going to have Probably a team like, you know, Waterford, at least one of, you know, Waterford, Clare, Dublin, Kilkenny, you know, aren't going to be in the quarterfinals after some really good close matches. Mm. You know, it just doesn't seem terribly fair. So moving on, Tipperary Kilkenny. Uh, this is one that I watched live on television. I have to say it was a belter of a match as a relatively neutral fan. Tip owned the first half, Kilkenny owned the second, back and forth, skillful, skillful hurling, physical hurling. Uh, big crowd for the league, just really great stuff. Uh, I'd say, you know, if it's still on the RT player or BT player or whatever, whatever, I think maybe it was their sport, but yeah, if you have a chance to rewatch it, I'd say definitely give this one a go. Two matches that couldn't be different, Leash and, uh, Leash and Limerick yeah. and Tipperary and Kilkenny. Um, I suppose like I caught the, I caught the highlights of the match and I suppose really what I gathered was, you know, Look, unnecessary fouling really on um on Tipperary's part like cost them quite a bit. I mean, two goals to TJ Reid were purely just from penalties themselves. You know, penalties themselves. And fair play to him, he's he was unable to bury it. TJ Reid is what kept Kilkenny in the match, so that they eventually were able to get the draw. And I suppose in the end, a draw was probably the first result. But yeah, you're right. I think Tip maybe just kind of panicked a little towards the end or got a bit excited, a bit nervy, I suppose, uh, which can happen in these kind of intense games where a team just doesn't quite stay settled as the match goes on. Yeah, and maybe it's that thing of like, you know, when you have a history with a team like Tip and, you know, like Tip does with Kilkenny and, you know, in, in matches and in All-Ireland finals, you know, they still have that bit of a, maybe a psychological edge you know, in these in these sorts of matches, like I, I would say one thing, like that the depth of talent, like in that in that Tip team, like the scoring on for Tipperary was definitely um scattered across the team yeah. rather than we'll say in the likes of Kilkenny, where you know TJ Reid put most of the scores on the board, Richie uh, Richie Hogan put four points on for them, Connor Buckley three points, and Walter Walsh two points. As opposed to John McGrath scored a goal and two points, James Callanan six points, Niall O'Mara one goal and one point, and then nine players overall scored for Tip. You know that's a lot more. Like you know, so that's four players for Kilkenny versus nine players that scored for um, Tipperary, which speaks a lot to the to the their team. It says a huge amount. And in fairness, if TJ Reid hadn't kept them in it for the match, I don't think you'd even have seen the some of the points maybe from Richie Hogan because he really didn't pick up till the late game. Um, and you know what? I think that is a sign. It 
you know, this match did kind of show to the people who were starting to doubt it, Kilkenny are still a top team, and they will still put it up to anyone, and they're still capable of beating anyone. But you look at how the scoring was distributed. Tipperary, I think, they really look like the better team going forward, because they have so much depth, they have so many options, they have great team play, and Kilkenny, which is such a strange thing to say for Kilkenny, they're starting to rely on just a handful of players, and the depth that they've kind of been known for historically... It's not quite there at the moment. I mean, there will probably be players who begin to rise to the occasion and begin to pop up, but um, they certainly seem a bit overly dependent on just a handful of players. And if those players find themselves injured or find themselves sent off, then you could really see Kilkenny struggling against teams that they wouldn't have before. Dare I say, you know, dare I say the T word, you know, that they're in transition <laughs> which I have heard probably a million times at this stage, and I'm sick to death of hearing yeah. it. But yeah, like I, I suppose it, it is a case of, you know, look, you've newer players being tried out and up-and-coming players, but look for Kilkenny to hold their own. I mean, Brian Cody must have been delighted, you know, was delighted after that match. You know, I'm sure he slept well when he got back. You know, he tucked himself into his coffin at night, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he slept with a smile on his face. So, you know, look... I suppose he, he got a performance out of them against one of the toughest teams in, you know, in 1A. So, like, I think there's a lot to be happy about there for Kilkenny, from a Kilkenny perspective. I, I think, um, in, in a way, all draws still have winners, and I think Kilkenny were this time. I think Kilkenny were much happier getting a point out of that than Tipperary were, uh, especially when you look at the score at halftime. But, um, yeah, definitely a good match, an interesting match, uh, one to check out, and I think both are still, you know, no matter what, no matter what about transition, both teams are still teams to watch through out this year. So a moral victory for Kilkenny. Now, on to what must have been the opposite, probably, of, like, really a moral victory. And, you know, like an evil, evil win by Terrible Longford against the brave and noble Warwickshire Hurlers. Two goals and 18 points two goals and 12 points so that's six points in the difference against Warwickshire I'm pretty sure there's I'm pretty sure there was foul play here I I will just say I predicted before this match that these teams will meet in the 3B final and for the sake of poetry Longford have to have the first win so that Warwickshire can come back and redeem themselves so I think that's all it was part of this isn't a derailing of the hype train train it's Mm. merely pulling into the station so that we can pick up even more people. It's lost a bit of steam. It's just going under some maintenance work, you know. We're, we're, we're letting some of the Fairweather fans just get off as well at this station. Yeah, they're only weighing us down. You know, we were on the Warwickshire bandwagon before people thought it was cool. You know, and look, as I always say, dancing bears are, more, are most dangerous when cornered. You don't want to corner a dancing bear. You certainly don't. Do you know why? Why? Because they'll give you a lap dance, and no one wants a lap dance from a bear. No one. <laughs> so, moving on to the <laughs> matches on Sunday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say to the things you come out with sometimes. Um, but yes, uh, moving on to Sunday, 12th of March, uh, was a match that we were both at with Clare versus Dublin which Clare won uh, 20 points to 115. 
So a close one here uh, for Clare. And I think we were getting a bit panicked for <laughs> for a lot of this match that they weren't going to pull it back in the end. Yeah, like, Jesus, it was, uh, you know, it kind of just started off, I suppose, Claire, I kind of pulled ahead in, you know, the first 10 minutes or so. And what was, what, what was really, like, you know, until Dublin got, like, a, quite a soft goal, I'll say, it just seemed to get in past the defender, and it was kind of a light tap, and it just, I suppose the goalkeeper just misjudged it, and it just kind of toddled into the back of the net. And kind of like I was saying last week, um, or two weeks ago at this stage, we should I should say, um, if you let Dublin into a match, they're quite hard. They'd be quite hard to shake off. And once they got that, they like once the wind was behind them, like they really, they really kept working at it. They made it extremely hard work for Clare to get back. And really, for a lot of that match, it didn't look like Clare were going to get back into the game at all. I have to give real credit to Dublin because you now you know we, we said the goal was soft and it was a bit but they just displayed some really good solid kind of fundamental hurling Claire had some flashes of brilliance and they had some really nice points in difficult situations at times and they had some nice flashy passes but the problem was they also had attempts at flashy passes and attempts at flashy points that just went wrong and you know dropping in the high balls that had no chance of you know reaching their mark and just you know silly decision making um and from the management too there were some strange bits with ian galvin being subbed off and subbed on later and i still don't know what that was for but um then on the other hand you just have dublin you know just kind of taking their time taking sensible shots taking sensible passes and ready to capitalize when claire made a mistake you know i think one-on-one the claire players were more skilled but dublin for the majority of the match, with maybe the exception of the start and the end, they just played better. Yeah, and I'd say, like, the decision to take Ian Galvin off after two points, I- I'm not sure what exactly happened there. Maybe the order was given before, you know, before that second point. I'm not sure why exactly that was decided on, but, like, you know, Ian Galvin played very well. He got a third point in when exactly when you needed it towards the end of that match, you know, to kind of help bring his level up with Dublin. You know, kind of Cleary... It did extremely well winning high ball. I mean, I mean, now he's six foot four, so he probably should. But um, like extremely useful um in midfield when where you really need him. And David Reedy had a excellent game, eight points scored and seven of those from freeze. Um, what I'd say is like obviously look to what you said earlier, the accuracy and the passing were just a bit all over the place on the day. I suppose it's a work in progress at this stage in the year, but like you'd want to see that improve quite fast. Yeah, and you'd want to maybe have some decision-making where they kind of go, look, this isn't working, and switch up to something else a bit sooner. Um, you know, as, as we saw with maybe a lot of the maybe stranger passes or the passes into kind of Dublin crowds. Yeah, yeah, or puck out straight to Dublin hurlers, which is, uh, yeah, something probably not exactly ideal. Yeah. But I mean, look, um, you know, there's plenty of new... It was a win. It was a win. Plenty of new players played. Um, plenty of new players played, and like I suppose with the match against Waterford, they're going to have the return of Tony Kelly and possibly another few other starts, new starts making their making an appearance. We'll see. So you know, something yeah. to look forward to. And I will say as well, I I feel sorry for Dub- like Dublin need very precise uh, things to happen this weekend if they have any hope with quarterfinals. You know, they'll have to beat Kilkenny. 
I think Claire and Waterford would have to draw and Cork would have to lose, I think, for them to still qualify. And I think it is a shame because, you know what, you know, okay, they, they had a bad opener against Tip, but it's Tip, they're the best team in the country at the moment. They they lost very narrowly to Clare, they lost very narrowly to Waterford, and they beat Cork, kind of, maybe, but unexpectedly. I, I think they've done very well with very low expectations, um... I think this, you know, it's it's maybe a shame now that they don't look likely to progress. But uh, I think they can hang their heads high anyway, whatever happened. I don't think they, you know, did anything too shameful in this league. And I think it's, you still kind of don't know. Uh, I wouldn't put it past them to surprise whoever they're in the relegation match against. Mm. But anyway, uh, big win for Clare, important win for Clare. And I think if it wasn't for the result of the next match... Uh, we, as Clare fans, thought that would have been enough to guarantee a spot in the quarterfinals. However, uh, Cork decided that they were going to be a good team again, which they seem to be deciding on a match-by-match basis. And they beat Waterford uh, 121 to 113 away. So this I watched again. I I, I got most, uh, you know, again, I watched the highlights of this, but uh, yeah. We didn't predict it. Didn't see this coming at all. I think I'm going to defer to my magic eight ball for making any predictions about <laughs> Cork early this. Like, oh, I just what? What are they? They were, you know, they go from being totally on top in one match to being totally destroyed in the next. Like, like you know, I've I've been chatting to people at work and everything about the matches and you know people from Cork and everything, and I think. They'd almost be happier if they were just playing bad, but they're just the the suspense and just the annoyance of going from kind of good to bad, I think, is almost worse for a lot of them. They just don't know what to make of them. Yeah, again, usual suspects, really, for Cork. You know, Luke Mead, goal in one point. Connor Lahan, eight points. Six of those from freeze. You know, big straight. You know, they played extremely well. Um, Park Mahoney scored eight points all from freeze for Watford and Shane Bennett scored a goal. Um, noticeably for this match, Austin Gleeson and Morris Shanahan were very quiet. Now, mind you, Morris Shanahan didn't help things by getting sent off in the second half for uh, kneeing a player, uh, which w- seemed quite needless and was really yeah. quite blatant. Uh, quite blatant as well. Now it was it was sent off more for the intent than the actual, um, you know, knee itself. But in a way, I think that's even a worse sign because it just does show a bit of a lack of discipline from a team that we've thought of as extremely disciplined the last couple of years and very well-structured. It's a worrying sign for Waterford. Yeah, and what was troubling still is Morris Morris got his red card from the ref and then went back to the core player to give him even more abuse and get up in his face, which really, you know, at that stage... You just need to stop, like before things just get worse or even more out of hand. Uh, like very, uh, very worrying if that, like if that's how you're going to play, if that's how you're going to play, and like certainly will turn you more into a liability over time than an, uh, an actual asset. Um, Seamus Harnedy was also sent off for Cork, but really at that stage Cork were comfortably in the lead, and it wasn't as if like Waterford were really posing any threat to come back. I suppose to say that. You know, have Waterford, you know, are Waterford off a bit this year or, you know, it's, are they behind the pace? Yeah, it's it's a strange one, certainly, because I think at the start of the year, we were expecting them to have another great league like they have the last two years running. And it seemed like they were on pace for that. They opened with a win away to Kilkenny. 
they had, you know, they lost against Tip, but maybe that wasn't unexpected. But then, you know, they they kind of struggled against Dublin, and then they had this big loss against loss against Cork, and it's maybe time for them to worry a bit. And they are in a situation now where they have to win next week, um, or if you know, if if Cork lose, then they a draw would be enough. But uh, you know, you can't exactly plan on a draw. Yeah, it's funny. Like, my impression of the match watching it was that, you know, Waterford really seemed to have an off match, that they just didn't really get started. And Cork really just took control took control from there, like, and, you know, well-deserved to win. Derek McGrath came out and said it after the match. They just seemed to be asleep, that, you know, really weren't working. You know, the work rate was far down, was far lower than it should have been. They weren't getting points, number of wides. Yeah, so, like... I think there's a lot of work and there's probably a lot to draw from that match uh, at the end of the day. But I think there was an interesting point you kind of made earlier, I suppose, before we started about um, uh, Watford and Clare. Yeah, um, they are playing one another in the final match and it's definitely an interesting matchup. Because if we look at both teams' results, they both had surprisingly poor losses against Cork. They both had surprisingly good wins against Kilkenny. They both played all right, but, you know, still lost fairly handily to tip. And they both really struggled against Dublin, but just about managed to get their win. Uh, so both teams have really been the mirror image of one another. And these are teams that even last year in the league final, it had to go to, you know, a replay, which was only won by point uh, in injury time. You know, I, I said earlier, a draw would benefit both teams. And while you can't plan for it, if any two teams are likely to draw, I'd say it's Clare and Waterford. They're both, they've just been the exact same. I think it'll be a very interesting match. Um, could be scrappy, but I'd be really surprised if it's not very close. Yeah, good news for Cork anyway, and it looks now like they have a great chance of making the quarterfinals, which I don't think too many people expect at the start of year. So um, yeah, fair play to Cork. Hopefully they will figure out what makes them good on any given day. <laughs> Kerry, 12 points, Galway, 122. I suppose it's what you'd expect in a matchup between Galway and Kerry. It's, you know, uh, Kerry, they had a... It's a trend we've been seeing with them against the better teams. They've, they've put up solid work in the first half, maybe, and, you know, they'll kind of keep it close for a while. They're only losing by three at the half, which is, you know, very good against Galway. Uh, for any team, really. You know, that's solid performance, but obviously then just totally got away from them in the second half. Uh, but a uh, solid win for Galway, not unexpected. I think they've just kind of shown time and again they don't really belong in 1B. That's it. That's it. Like, I mean, Jesus, what else do you say about it? Yeah, Galway don't deserve to be in 1B. They're going to stay in 1B, but they don't deserve to be there. I certainly feel for whoever's going down to 1B next year because, really, I think all teams in 1A now have shown this year they're solid teams. I don't think any of them belong in one B either. But uh, you know they're going to have to go against Galway next year, whatever happens. So yeah, I mean it's it's probably a good thing that you're having a more uh, competitive one B and having more than maybe one good team a year in one B. But um, I don't know. Maybe as we were saying earlier, that could be reason to shift the way that the divisions work a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how beneficial being hammered every single time you play is really is going to be to a team. Um, and I think, like, unless I don't know, unless things change at a county level, at a club level, 
you know, like you're just never going to get those performances and that takes years to develop. Like, and it's, it's certainly not like Kerry are going to start winning um, match, big matches against Galway or, or Tipperary anytime soon. No. Um, I think progress for Kerry really would be just getting that last quarterfinal spot. Yeah, staying in 1B would be huge progress. So, next match, Offaly versus Wexford. It is now official Wexford have gotten promoted to 1A. Davey has already planning his All-Ireland Championship. He's yeah. already planned the All Ireland <laughs> final. He's at his. Uh, he's had a full. He's his full complement of Subutio players painted in the Wexford colours with their little hurly lollipop sticks. He has a little. He's got a Liam Liam McCarthy cup already there, and he's a full replica stadium of Crow Park made of uh, lollipop sticks, all ready to go. He's got all. He's got it all in place. He just needs to get there now. Yeah, it's it's only a matter of time, you know. Just he'll get loaded up on the Maiwadi and on the custard creams and maybe some Wexford strawberries, and I'd say they'll plow ahead in maybe the shortest time frame we've ever seen. All going to plan, but um, yeah, great for Wexford. I I think you know we've said it before they've exceeded everyone's expectations, and uh, yeah, congrats to them. On the other hand, however. They did make this match harder than they maybe needed to. They had 16 wides, and Offaly really made them work for it. The Offaly stayed in the game. They are not maybe the same Offaly that we saw in the first couple of matches. I think they have improved. They've just unfortunately been against a tough schedule for the last while. But uh, yeah, they kept it close against Limerick, and now they've kept it close against Wexford. Yeah, so a gradual, a gradual improvement for Offaly and for Wexford, just really a continuation of form. Obviously, the 16 wides that they had would probably be of something of concern. I mean, really, you know, going forward, going forward into quarterfinal, like that's not something that's, that is something that they will want to concern themselves with, but uh, I've no doubt that they are working on it. And yeah, I, I suppose, you know, as great as the run has been, they'll probably still be the underdogs in whatever... Uh... In, you know, against whoever they play in the quarterfinal. Uh, certainly capable of winning the quarterfinal, but I wouldn't say they'd be favourites. Which is which is how Davey likes it. He likes an underdog. He, <laughs> I he, think that's he does. The only, that's, the only thing, that's the only way he never, he's ever known it to be, you know, be an underdog. He's, he's happy coming in under the radar. You know, he, he could be a tall man if he wanted to, and you'd think it would be beneficial as a goalkeeper, but he likes sneaking in underneath where you don't see him. You ask him, you know, oh, Davey, did you study for your exam? And he was like, no, no, I didn't do any study. Sure, I was out yeah. drinking last night. You know he was studying. Yeah, comes out with the A the next day, and you're like, ah, oh, man. Yeah, ah, uh, swat. Yeah. Right, move on to uh, last weekend's hurling action, uh, which obviously interrupted the rest of it, which was the club final. Didn't quite go the way we were hoping. Uh, Ballier 110, Kula 219. Yeah, uh- Jesus, I mean, like, God, I, I was there. Um, it was, yeah, it was extremely disappointing. Um, Kula got their first goal, and really at that stage, they just motored ahead. Like, there was never, like, in the second half, uh, Ballier managed to bring it, winning four points, and then Kula just pulled away again. They got a second goal, and just, like, a rake of points afterwards. Um, Tony Kelly was just locked out in the match, or just... I don't know. Was he was he just completely off form? And I mean, like Bar Mister DC for uh, Ballier, like really was was not like a great representation. I think of what Ballier are really capable of. It just seemed like they just didn't start. Um, I would say that um, DC 
looks extremely promising to be making the clear panel uh, based on his performance because I mean he was ex- he was really stand out but to be fair like Kula were absolutely brilliant like really yeah. really really good um very solid the weather conditions weren't exactly ideal but like I mean they really they really pulled it off um yeah I suppose look what else can you say it's pretty I mean it's great for Ballier to get as far as they did and maybe oh certainly maybe next year or the next couple of years they might have another chance at it again but yeah it's a pity, yeah. but sure, look, I think that's really all the, all there is to say to it. Like, you have for the first Dublin club to win the club championship, and yeah. well-deserved. It was, yeah, certainly, and you have to give credit to Kula. You know, we're disappointed, obviously, Ballier just down the road from our hometown, but, uh, you know, keeping Tony Kelly scoreless is not an easy feat, even if he's having an off day. You know, you have to do something to stop him getting anything. Uh, they played very well, as you said, first Dublin club, and, you know, both teams... I think it was their both their first time in the final, so we're going to have a new champion regardless. But um, fair play to them, and you know we've we've been seeing a lot of maybe uh, positive notes for the future for Dublin hurling, and this is you know even with maybe it not showing on the league table, uh, having a club championship going back to Dublin certainly good news for them. That certainly energizes the club. Uh energizes a club and you know generates a bit of buzz and excitement around the place which is which is always good looking forward getting out our crystal balls once more so we now enter round five the final stages of the regular group section of the league the final countdown you know what yeah one one b is mostly decided but one a is still a tight race we have Tipperary ahead on seven then three teams all on four points kilkenny on three and Dublin at two. I think if everything went perfectly, any team can still be in the quarterfinals. Um, albeit it's more likely for some than others. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting final Sunday now. But because this is how I've written it in the outline, we're going to start off in 1B with Kerry versus Offaly, which... <laughs> I mean, it is, again, I think the more important match in um, 1B because it does decide who's getting that last quarterfinal spot. Uh, Kerry have won one game. Offaly have not won any, but I think if they win this, it'll create a rock-paper-scissors situation, assuming that Leash lose their match. Um, and they would probably have a good chance of getting through then on points difference. You know, whichever team wins this, they'll probably get the last quarter-final spot. Yeah, interesting. I think um, my... Thoughts on it would be like Offaly, I think would I'd favour Offaly to win. And definitely with like, you know, Shane Dooley has been playing brilliantly all for Offaly all throughout the league. I mean, Jesus, he put for the last two matches, seventy percent of the score line was thanks to Shane Dooley. So I mean, like I d I, I don't normally like to single out players, I suppose, but like yeah, he he clearly makes a difference in the way they play. He has been kind of carrying them in the games they've played well in. It's generally him that's kept them in the game to any extent. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I definitely do not want to write off Kerry. They're playing at home. Um, they've managed to, you know, maybe their final scoreline doesn't reflect it, but they've managed to play some solid hurling, at least in the first half. And, uh, you know, I think they'd love to get a sense of progress this year by being in the uh, quarterfinals. You know, I suppose it's only the honour of who gets to lose to tip, but uh, definitely be progress for Kerry Hurling if they made it to a quarterfinal. And um, 
Certainly early in the league, I would have had them as being able to beat Offaly. I think Offaly have maybe improved as the league has gone on, mm. and I would still have them as my favourite. But uh, I think Kerry still have a solid chance, and actually my computer uh, has them winning. Albeit, you know, my computer has shown serious favouritism towards Kerry in the past. Okay, so moving on. Wexford versus Leash. Well, I'm going to disappoint everyone and say Leash are going to win this. <laughs> no, no, they don't they don't stand a chance. Wexford to win. Like, no, not a doubt. Now, in a way, like, this match, it doesn't matter for Wexford, really. You know, they're in 1A next year anyway. They're going to top the table regardless. They're going to have their quarterfinal spot. But I don't see them laying down. They're playing their last home game before the quarterfinals. I think the fans will be out in droves because they want to cheer on, you know, the fact that Wexford have done it and that they've gotten promotion, you know, way ahead of schedule. I think really this is going to be a nice exhibition game for Wexford. They're not going to let off Unleash. They're going to try and show off. They're going to try and get goals. They're going to try and rack up the scores because I think, you know, you know, they just, after, after all the celebration and everything, I don't think they want to have a damper put on it by losing to a team like Leash. No, I think there's only one way that's going to go, and it's definitely going to be Wexford's way. Yeah, uh, uh, you know they, they'll have to win this, I think, to stay in with any chance of freaking quarterfinals. And I don't think it's in them. I think really they need to look forward to uh, winning the relegation game and making sure that they don't go down to two A next year. It's only going to get worse for them. That's all I'll say. And actually, on the point of two A. I don't think it'll be a walkover, the uh, 1B, 2A match. I think there are quite a few hungry teams in 2A. Just looking at the table now, it's been pretty close. Uh, Westmeath, who I kind of tipped as 1B good, haven't done too well, really. Um, But I don't think it's that they've necessarily been bad. I think it's that other teams have gotten better. You see Antrim currently on top of the table. They are still, I'd say, fairly bitter that they didn't get back into the, the Lee McCarthy after last year's replay, which had all the controversy about the point that was tallied that shouldn't have been, and, you know, just narrowly lost to me in the Christie Ring final. I think Antrim are looking to get back into the 1B picture, because they've been out of it for a few years now. But then also right behind them are Carl and Gildare, who have definitely been steadily improving over the last few years, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're, you know, this could be their opportunity maybe to make it to the top tier. Certainly not teams I think that'll be contesting for an All-Ireland anytime soon, or a league title anytime soon, but they'd certainly see themselves as able to take on maybe that lower half of 1B in awfully carrier leash. Right, next up, Limerick versus Galway. The one that we thought would be the decider for who gets promoted, uh, now it's really just for who gets second place and slightly better seed in the quarterfinals. But um, you know what? It should be a good game. I think I think Galway are the favourites, but you have Limerick at home, and they're coming off a, a pretty nice win. Galway will have Joe Canning back, but you know he's maybe still not 100% Joe Canning yet. Uh, so, yeah, I think maybe out of all the 1B matches, this could be the one to watch. I think it should be interesting, and hopefully a close game. That'll be good for the neutral supporters. Limerick are playing at home. I mean, they really have failed to kind of... They haven't lit the world no, on fire. No, they've failed to catch so anyone's imagination, really, playing the matches they played, and certainly in the fashion that they've done it. But um, it certainly 
you know, against Galway, like against Galway, with a with a quarterfinal place up for grabs, uh, it certainly will be a more interesting ma- match to watch. I think um, I would still favor Galway over Limerick. I'd go against your Elo tracker and say that Galway should win this. Limerick does get the slight edge from the Elo tracker, albeit that's probably largely due to home advantage. Um, if it was on in Salt Hill, I'm sure it'd have Galway as favourites, but. Um, yeah, you know what, if both teams show up, it should be an exciting match. I think maybe we've forgotten a bit how good Limerick can be when they really play their hearts out. And, you know, if if there's a team they want to put it up to, I'd say it'll be Galway, because they'll both be playing one another next year as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd say this should be an exciting one, but uh, Galway would still be my pick to win. Okay. So the next match, Cork versus Tipperary. I mean, Tip should win this, but as I've said earlier, I don't know what to predict for Cork, because they are all over the place. They could be great, who knows? But, um, nah, I'll I'll still have Tip to win this. Um, They trashed them last year, and I think they could still have a good chance of doing that again, even playing in Parky Rin. I think Tip should make a short work of Cork. Really, I think their Cork's backs are like definitely uh, a liability. Um, definitely a liability, and I think just yeah, yeah, like it's tip have a lot of scoring power and a lot of scoring options. Yeah. You, yeah, I don't think that backline will maybe be enough to contain them. And have been extremely consistent as well this year, which really plays in their favor against an extremely inconsistent Cork. So I'm thinking, yeah, Tipperary to win. I think if Cork win it, they'll have to be leading early. I wouldn't see them being able to come back from a match the way that uh, Kilkenny did No, uh, two weeks I, ago. I don't think they have any second-half surprises stored in them. I think they really they go out and play the way they're going to play, but they're not going to be uh, making any sudden returns in the match at a, at a late no. stage. No. And uh, the Elo Raider backs us up anyway in this one has Tip with a good chance to win. Um... Having said this, though, you know, if, if Cork win, they're guaranteed to place in the quarterfinals. But even if they lose, still will probably make it because, you know, the, they would then be on level. Assuming there isn't a draw between Clare and Waterford, they'll be on level points with one or the other. Uh, and they'll have beaten. Well, you know, they've already. Those are the two teams they've gotten their wins against. So, due to some nice. Uh, They've, they've kind of played the algorithm, I suppose, of how the quarterfinalists are decided. Like, they've beaten the exact teams they needed to. So, Cork still with a great shot of making it the quarterfinals. And I think if maybe come up against a team like, you know, I, I wouldn't maybe have them as favorites against Galway, but I think they'd have a solid chance against any of the other quarterfinals. Yeah, I guess Cork's fortunes could still improve, even if they don't show up to this one. Yeah, no, that's it. Definitely not out of it yet. Clare versus Watford. Yeah, and this is one that we've already touched on quite a bit, but it's one we're both excited for. Um, They've had some battles in the past. They've had a really similar run so far. Uh, It'll be an interesting match. I I really, I may as well flip a coin as to what my prediction is. Uh, Claire do have the home advantage, and that's, you know, Claire have done well with home advantages in the past, but yeah, could go either way. Definitely an interesting match. Yeah, I have to say I'm actually quite excited for this match. I think it's I think it should be a close one. I think what makes me even happier is really you have the return of Tony Kelly. Um you also have the recent news that Colm Galvin 
and Tots are both making a return to the panel. I had not heard that yet. Breaking news. Which, well, breaking news by about a few days. <laughs> well, you heard it here first if you pay attention to the <laughs> early news like I do. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's three high-profile returning players to the, te- uh, to the panel, um, as well as DC, who I think really has a great shot at making the panel, considering his... Uh, recent performances with um Ballier of late so I think it could be really um I think it could be a really interesting match um I think there's players like Ian Galvin and uh Ian Galvin who and Jason McCarthy who've done extremely well Aaron Shanahar depends on how he's marked but like could put in a really solid performance I'm kind of um I'm looking forward to it Austin Gleason for Waterford obviously should be uh in tip-top form and I especially I think after last match where he was quite quiet um Definitely should see more out of him. Do you, do you have a prediction anyway for the match? Because it is going to be close, I think. Uh, I think I'm going to agree that Clare are going to have the win. I think Clare especially tenacious at home. Yeah. Uh, the yellow Raider backs you up on that, by the way. It's 56% in favour of Clare, and I guarantee if they weren't at home, that would probably swing the other way. But uh, very close. The yellow <laughs> Raider shown in the past, it doesn't necessarily have things as close as it should, but... I, th- I think that's about fair having it. I, I, you know, it's it's pretty much even between the two teams. It really comes down to who plays well on the day. Right. Next and final match. Dublin Kilkenny. I'd love to see Dublin win this because I think, as I've said before, you know, they deserve to come away with more than one win the entire league the way that they've been playing. I think they've played... Maybe not the most flashy hurling, but they've played really just good, solid hurling without maybe as many resources as the other counties or without the expectations or without the maybe fan support. Yeah. And, you know, in in addition to that, sure, don't we all love seeing Kilkenny beaten? And that would be three losses, you know, in in one league, which, and it would keep them out of the quarterfinals. So, you know, we'd, we'd love to see that, obviously. But having said all that, I do think Kilkenny will win. Yeah, I think, look, Kilkenny, have, you know, you still have TJ Reid. Look, they, they're after coming off probably a good high against uh, Tipperary as well. So they're going to move on to Dublin and they're, they're going to probably make serious business of trying to win this, uh, trying to win this match. Um, all keeping in mind that, you know, obviously if Dublin win, then they're facing relegation. Yeah, it's an important match for them. So they definitely don't want to go down. Um, and I think actually even being on equal points with uh, Clare and Waterford wouldn't be enough since they were beaten by both of them. So yeah, it's a must win for Kilkenny. I don't see them rolling over and letting Dublin uh, take this. Um, at the same time though, you know, we've seen it already a couple of times. If Dublin can maybe sneak in a goal early and maybe get a bit of momentum, you never know what'll happen. Yeah, like I think I think it's that same thing of if if Dublin really just get the get the momentum going at the start and kind of you know like you said are able to score a goal early, you know they can be extremely hard to shake at that stage and Kilkenny might struggle. Uh, Kilkenny might struggle against that. Having said that, like Kilkenny are also the masters of a second half, a, a miraculous second half recovery, which I think against Clare they really seem to struggle with. Um, so I'd still be pretty confident that um, Kilkenny will win this. I think Dublin, however, will put up a, a very good match. Uh, you know, they'll play well. 
um, it should be a, a good match to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, the computer has this one as Kilkenny to win as well, although it does have it fairly tight, uh, probably due to Dublin's home advantage, which they have done well in, mm. uh, with in the past. So yeah, that's um, all of the matches. Next time we're podcasting, we'll know the, the structure of the quarterfinals and you know who will be playing relegation matches, etc., uh, it'll be interesting. Still a lot to play for. Certainly is. Um, I suppose before we finish, should we address uh, the toughest trade with Wexford's very own Lee Chin? You know, not only have they been impressing us all with their performance in the league thus far, we've also seen their ability to ice skate, which, you know, if I'm being honest, it's not great, but... I respect the effort. As someone who's currently learning to roller skate, uh, I could relate a lot to Leechin falling over repeatedly, occasionally doing something good, then falling over again, and maybe then also doing something good, but they didn't mean to do that. They meant to do something else, but it still looked kind of cool. It's pretty sore to watch, I have to say. And I, I would really say, like, you know, it's a credit to RT's editing that they managed to make it look like you know, when Lee Chin was playing that match at the very end, that it was like a serious hockey match, when it seemed to be also there were like 50 and 60 year olds also playing, like, you know, former former NFL greats. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, I mean, it's it's the way of that, of that TV show. Uh, I love it despite it, despite the fact that they really toned down the fact that it's just, you know, an uh, alumni game or alumnus game. Like a charity challenge match uh, equivalent. <laughs> yeah, but in fairness, that's just more years that they've been skating that Lee Chin, Chin hasn't. True, very true. Uh, he, he got a few shots off. He struggled to stay upright, but, you know, he did well. And in fairness, I will say the uh, the hockey player who was playing hurling, he didn't fare any better, and he had solid ground to work with. Like, he, he, ne- he just, he never got the concept of wristy hurling. Yeah, no, that was it. Um, I I have to say though, really a standout moment for me was the spice bag. Uh, yes. I'd never come across a spice bag before. Oh man, it's making all the headlines this year. It's the big new thing. I really, I really want a spice bag. It looks amazing. Right. Okay. It's the end of the show. Finish your pints. It's closing time. Get the hell out. Here's the email. It's mail at takeyourdatapoints.com that's M-A-I-L we've been through it it's not M-A-L-E we've we've established that in the previous episode the twitter is at T-Y-Datapoints and the website is www.takeyourdatapoints.com because I'll give you a lap dance hot males getting out our crystal balls once more I just love all sorts of golds soft golds hard golds 